This morning we are uh, beginning a new series entitled Follow the Leader. And I wondered, did any of you ever play that game when you were a kid? Some of you, I, I, I remember it. Um, I remember in uh, elementary school playing follow leader. I have to confess that I don't remember perhaps all of the rules of the game. Uh, what I remember about the, the game follow leader was that somebody got to be the leader and then they started walking and doing things and you had to do exactly what it is that they did. So do I have that part right? Some of you that know the game better than me? Yeah. And um, there is something else that I remember, and that is that it always seemed that the bossy kids wanted to be the leader. And um, beg pardon, um, but a lot of times it was girls. And why do I remember that? Because I remember certain girls. I knew that whenever they got to be the leader, that what they were going to ask us to do would be something that was sheer torture. It was like, skip across the room. I'm like, oh, come on. You know, as a young board, you really want to skip all over the place. Maybe you, you don't have any, you know, pre- problems with that. It's probably me, but I'm like, man, alive. And I just knew who was going to do it. You know, oh, yeah, Susie's going to make us skip all over the room. Ooh, really got me excited. But follow the leader has some redeeming qualities. See, there's things that um, we learn out of a simple game like that that are important in life. Because the reality is, as you grew up, if you ever played that game, you played it again in new and different ways. You played follow the leader in your home. You played follow the leader at work. And there were things that you were told that you had to do and that you had to do just so. And even though, you know, I don't remember the consequences of not following the leader, if that meant you had to sit down or something, but we know that in life, in other ways that we're playing follow the leader, there are some pretty big consequences, aren't they? We learned a lot maybe that Simple Game teaches us about following and some of the things that that means. And it also teaches us about leading. And we come to appreciate that in life, when we think about follow the leader, sometimes there are leaders who are not so good. There's good leaders and there's not good leaders. There's leaders to follow and leaders not to follow. There are things that people that are leaders in our life, so to speak, that tell us to do things that aren't good, that aren't right. I'm sure you've had that experience. I know that I have. And so it presents challenges. And we wonder about the consequences and all of the things that are going on. Questions is that deal with our faith with our being as we hear voices and calls to do this or to do that that's why it's a privilege for me this morning to share with you truth that God brings about following the leader even Jesus Christ and 
over the next four weeks, we're going to look at different truths about some of the struggles and the concerns and the hardships that we have with simply following Him. And I want to start um, this morning by taking a look at truth out of Mark 2, verses 18 to 22. As we look at truth about taking new paths, you know, new, new paths are, are great to take. Um, I just got back from a, a trip out to Utah, and I told people that we put a lot of miles on a car and a lot of miles on the feet. We took a lot of hikes. We went down a lot of new paths that we'd never been on before, and it was incredible. God wants to take you and me on some new paths. So open up your hearts and listen to this word and truth about following Jesus. Mark 2, 18 to 22. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Some people came and asked Jesus, how is it that John's disciples and disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but yours are not? Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? They cannot, so long as they have him with them. But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and on that day they will fast. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, because if they do, the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. And no one pours new wine into new wineskins, because if they do, the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. This is the Word of God. Might it be written in our hearts and lived in our life. So Jesus has asked a pretty clear question at, at one level. People are, are um, there um, with him, and, and they come to him, and, and they ask, well, so this thing called fasting, John's disciples do it, the Pharisees do it, but you and your disciples don't. You know, how is that? Why is that? So I, I would like to give them the benefit of the doubt and think that they're asking the question purely um, based on the correctedness, the goodness of fasting. If fasting was a, an Old Testament uh, discipline, practice, that had a lot of great spiritual value. It was something that you did and, and often um, associated with a, a need for change and transformation. Fasting was about spiritual growth, about growing in a deeper relationship with God. And so often um, it was done in isolation. There was some separation there to, to rid one of all of the distractions and eliminating all different kinds of things. It had sadness attached to it. There was a need for repentance of change to move out of something. You'll read that. Sometimes people fasted and they were in ashes. They tore their clothes, et cetera, et cetera. I would like to think maybe that that question is, is asked in the spirit of that in terms of rightness and correctedness. And by the way, I just share that. Because indeed, fasting has a lot of great spiritual values. And unfortunately, today, it's not really practiced as, as it was or the, the biblical intent and meaning. 
And, and I would, would blame Fat Tuesday and, and Google for that. <laughs> uh, it's about a, about a not eating something. And um, denying yourself um, cake or something, you know, for 40 days. And uh, in fact, I, I did look up what Google said fasting was all about. I was just curious. And it is about um, abstaining or ridding yourself of a particular food to cleanse your body of a toxin. Now, that's not a bad thing, right? You got something going on in your body and you need to stop eating something. That's great, but it's far from the biblical intent of what fasting is all about. And Jesus gives um, an answer to the question that has to do with some of those things. And we're going to look at that in a minute, but... Um, I, I really, he, what, he, what he does when he answers is he gets to really the purpose and the reason for why the question is being asked. Have you ever had anybody ask you a question and you're really not sure that the question that they're asking is what they really want to know? Have you ever had that happen? You know, there's sometimes when even that question, I don't know, you probably don't get asked every day, so are you fasting? If, if you do, Wow. That'd be rare, but um, I, I get that every now and then. And when I get asked that question, I'm kind of wondering, why is the person asking that question? And so sometimes people ask me, um, are you fasting or have you fasted? And then they do this. Yep, just got off a 40-day fast. It was great. Didn't eat anything. Drank soup and broth. It was spiritually incredible. How about you? It's like this spiritual litmus test almost. Are you spiritual enough to fast? If they were asking me about it as a spiritual discipline, I might be more inclined to answer. And I'm not above having some fun when that happens. The question really isn't being asked about the core and the heart of fasting. Look at Jesus' answer. Verses 19 and 20, he says this, How can the guests of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? They can't. So long as he's with them, the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken away, and on that day they will fast. So, so Jesus speaks about a season and a time, new pass. It's a different season and a time for God's people. And the question that he's being asked, and you get a little bit of an insight into that in those two verses when he's speaking about presence and he's speaking about timing, right? Weddings are a time of joy, of celebration, at least they should be. A time when everybody is happy for the bride and the bridegroom. And Jesus is, of course, in those two verses speaking of himself. He's the bridegroom. And he is with them in the present. And so, again, you need to think of what fasting was and what they were associating it with and the truth of what it is. It was not a time for sadness or or repentance in some ways. It was a time to celebrate, to have joy. And one of the things that the Pharisees had done in terms of practices and disciplines that God had intended for good, they had turned around to to make it be just like I remembered playing follow the leader when I was a kid, sheer torture. 
They had taken the heart and the soul and the spirit out of it, as they had done in many other ways. And so Jesus, now is not the time for that and how you proceed. It's a time because I am with you to learn and to grow, to be in the present tense, to celebrate what is, to relearn the things that you have forgotten or strayed from. So there's that, that sense of renewal and growth, to reclaim the love of God and the joy of God. The things that come out and there's the, the bridegroom uh, title is not used um, by mistake. It's intentional to demonstrate what needs to be, what ought to be in terms of how it is that they're functioning and the way that they go through religious practices. The spirit, the heart, the soul of it all. That's what Jesus is speaking about. And unfortunately for them, the question is, is really um, anchored in, the essence of it is, how come you're not doing it the way we've done it? Or how come you're not doing what we've always done? Now, I want to submit to you, if you hang around a group of people long enough, whether it's at work or an organization or a group that you belong to or a church, You'll hear those questions. We've always done it this way. How come you're not doing it this way? What's wrong with you? (laughs) This is what we've always done. Jesus has a great lesson that he teaches in respect to that. He addresses the timing, a new season, a new day, the need for celebration and joy in verses 19 and 20, what that means, what that looks like, and that really that ought to be the heart of, the heart of fasting about discovering and learning and growing, going to a new place and following God. And then he gives the two illustrations that really address why they're asking the question. When he gives the illustration of sewing a patch of a new patch on an old garment and pouring new wine into an old wineskin. Now, I'm not a, a seamstress, but I have asked um, prior about what happens when you take a new piece of cloth and you attach it and sew it to an old garment, and then you run it through the wash. And if there's any shrinkage, of course, because it's sewed on so tightly, it will pull and rip the garment even more, just as Jesus said. It ruins both. Same thing for old uh, new wine and an old wineskin. See, new wine, and, and you, you have a, a wineskin that's already been used. And so when that new wine is poured into that, when the wineskin is new, because of the fermentation, it, it, it stretches. And so if you fill up an old wineskin that's already been stretched and you put new wine in it, the fermenting that takes place 
will stretch that wineskin to the point of causing it to burst. So the old wineskin is ruined and all of the wine is lost. And there's a valuable lesson in what Jesus shares for us when we think about following Him. Practical wisdom that speaks about a new day, a new journey, and what that means in terms of taking new paths. See, often um, when and, and we get in our heads uh, that, and this is true, is it not, that sometimes when you're doing something and maybe you do it with repetition and, and we kind of discover good and great ways to do it, but then we get locked into that. And we struggle with thinking outside the box or looking at different ways of doing. And, by the way, then being. That's what had happened to the Pharisees. And so Jesus speaks to them about that. And he shares incredible truth when he gives that illustration of a garment in a wineskin. And he knew their hearts. He knew where they had been. He knew that they had their blinders on and those blinders weren't good. Life in terms of following God for them had been about the rules. And that's it. You follow them. It doesn't matter if your heart is in them. It doesn't matter if you believe in the the spirit and the purpose of it. Just do it. That's not what God intended at all. That's not what God intended at all when he gave us the Bible. Just do it. No, he, he wanted us to embrace it, to own it, to be passionate about it. To have joy, to give thanks and praise God for all that he is and all that he desires to be in our hearts and in our lives. And so if any of you are here this morning on obligation, listen close. See, it's not just about doing it. It's about being who it is that God created, redeemed, gifted, and called you to be. Something incredible, something beyond the scope of your imagination and comprehension. To do great things as an individual follower of Jesus Christ and then together as a body. That's God's hope. That's God's desire. And there is a lot of fun and there's a lot of joy and there's a lot of great and good things in all of that. And that's what he tries to get them to understand. If you get locked in, you're missing the point because there, it is a new day. It's, it's a new day with Jesus Christ. He speaks that. And each and every day for us is a new day. Change is hard, isn't it? As I shared um, on our journey and our trip, we saw some things that were just, you know, I love God's creation. And the things that we saw and the things that we experienced simply because we decided, hey, let's go down this path. We'd never been down that path before. But it was beautiful, wonderful, and awesome. I love looking at God's creation. I love taking new paths and discovering new things. And that's the truth of what he's sharing. 
See, sometimes when we try to force the old on the new or the new on the old, it doesn't work so well. In fact, sometimes it blows things completely up. Sometimes it works, but it doesn't work nearly as well as it could. You know, I found that out when I um, had a repair on my vehicle one time. Something was wrong with the um, air conditioning. I don't care about it, but my, my wife has to have it. And that's not a bad thing. So we had a part go out. I would have rolled down the windows. But we got the part. And the guy told us, he said, I, I want to tell you something. I want to put this part in here. But because this part is new and the rest of the system is old, he's talking about some hoses and stuff. He said it very well could be because this new part is going to operate at maximum capacity. Because it's new, some of the old parts might go. Unfortunately, he was right. I still can't believe air conditioning systems cost that much. But one part went and another part went because the new part was doing what it should. But it caused a lot of stress on the older parts. And they they, they failed. Sometimes it works, but most often it doesn't. Or at least not as good as it possibly could. In some ways... um, We face new challenges, new days, every single day. As I prepared this message, I thought about the last year and a half in the pandemic. I mean, you can't get away from still talking about it, right? There are new challenges every day. We face them as a nation. We face them as individual people. We face them at work. We face them in our family gatherings. We face them all over the place. How are we dealing with that? How are we responding to the changes and the transformation that that has brought? Just that one thing. You know, a lot of people said, well, we'll never go back to what was. There's a new normal. I think that's true in some ways. Some for the good and some not for the good. The challenge for us as we think about following Jesus Christ is to lead that way. That's the subtitle of the series. Follow the leader, leading by following. You know, I I figured out a long time ago, not because I was so smart, but because of necessity and God's goodness, that if indeed I was going to be a man of God in the roles that he was calling me to, in my family as well, by the way, to my children, to my wife, I remember praying profusely to God. I've never done this before. I need your help. And and what that meant and what that looked like. So it led by following, soaking up learning all that I could about God and the relationship and what that meant. And that's at the heart and soul of it, by the way, following the leader, learning all you can about who God is and what he says. Because life is hard, right? There's a lot of challenges. There's a lot of difficult moments. And when you learn about God, the leader, you learn things about him that that just are incredible. And you experience his presence in your heart and in your life, and you learn to trust. I think that's one of the hard things about taking new paths, right? Unknowns, uncertainties. God, Jesus Christ, is the best leader you'll ever, 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 ever. I could say that a hundred times, a million times, that you'll ever follow. 
He loves you more than, than anything, anybody, even the person sitting next to you. And I know that they love you a lot. And He wants to care for you and protect you. Show you what that means, what that looks like in bold, fresh, new ways to discover who it is that He is. So I wonder sometimes, we think about taking new paths. Why is that such a challenge for us? Why sometimes do the heels get dug in and why do we refuse? Especially when I wonder about this. I'll ask you some questions. Did any of you come here this morning in a buggy? Did anybody here this past week if you went to uh, type a letter or send a note, did you use a typewriter? How many of you this past week made a phone call on a landline? Some of you might have. How many of you, when you took your last picture, used film? Change isn't necessarily bad, folks. Especially when we're following the leader. There's good and great things that he brings into our hearts and to our lives. He wants us to be alert to the opportunities to seize the day as we walk down that new path. You know, one of the things that I have a problem with sometimes when I'm on a hike, um, I, I... I try to work hard at it, but I'm a destination person. Do you know what that means? And so if this is where we're starting and we're going to go to this place, that's where we're going. And, and praise God, my wife will pull on my shirt or something and say, stop a minute, take a look at that. Because I miss some of those things. That's the journey person. They're taking the time to observe and to see and to seize the moment, to soak in everything that's around them. There's so many great things that God wants to experience in life as we follow Him. And He's asking us, He's asking us, sometimes pleading with us, encouraging us, certainly challenging us, to think about what it might mean and what it could look like to walk down some new paths. To discover a new field that's white with harvest. To connect with, engage with new opportunities. To share with people, to help them to see and to know Jesus Christ. People maybe we never would before. Is it hard? Absolutely. It's very hard sometimes. But that's the call. And that's the opportunity. And that's the challenge. To trust God, to have things be rooted in purpose, that's so important. See, that's what Jesus was getting at in all of this as well. You're struggling because something different is going to be done, but it's going to be done for the right reasons. There's new wine out there. I don't want to destroy the old, he says. 
who want to preserve that as well. So what does that mean for you as a follower of Jesus? How well do you do with change when God says, hey, you home? I got some place I want you to go. There's somebody I want you to meet, somebody I want you to talk to. Somebody that I don't want you just to blow by. When you buy coffee at the gas station, or you go into the bank, or you go to school in your classroom, that person, you know, third row to the back that you've kind of like looked at and wondered about. You know, all kinds of opportunities. New paths. God will give us everything that we need for the journey. That's his promise. Do you know that? Every place that he takes you, if you're willing to walk, pick up your feet and go, he will give you everything that you need and he'll give us everything that we need as well as we do it together. Thank you so much for being a body of Jesus Christ that loves the Lord. I believe that with all of my heart and for the ways in which each one of you, independently and then together as a body of Jesus, that we're following God. I praise Him for that. And I'm excited to see what that will mean in the future as He brings new challenges, new changes, new paths. You pray with me. Lord God, At one level, O Lord, as I pray, I think who else could we follow? And I said, out of knowing you, there's nobody who's worthy of our worship, of giving our lives to, of knowing at a deep and intimate level like you. Your promises are so profound, so immense, so great. And as they've been experienced, nothing but joy. Sometimes it's been hard. The call has been difficult. The challenge great. The path rocky, twisting, turning steep. But oh God, you've always provided. And there's always been something beautiful to discover, to experience. And so Lord, I don't even know what that means as I pray for everybody here for the things that you've already put in their mind and their heart to think about just in hearing your word. But you do. And, oh, Lord, I hope that that they know you well enough to be willing to be bold and courageous, to have faith, to take that first step, to follow you, and in so many different ways then lead by following I'll praise, glory, and honor to you. Amen.